Joined right now by Phil Sutton, research director over at the New Hampshire Fiscal Policy Institute. They released something last week that kicked up a hornet's nest over in uh, my little right-wing sphere. And I have a great relationship with the Institute. I'm excited to have him come on and kind of talk about that report. I, I've got some, some concerns I've heard from other members of the media and uh, right-wing thinkers. And uh, I'm kind of in the middle. Like I, I'm interested to hear data from both sides because I feel like there's value to both sides of the debate, and uh, we're not going to dive into partisanship, so I want to preface this right now. This is not going to be a political d debate. I want to talk about the numbers and the model and why we got where we got right now with the support. Thanks so much for joining me, Phil. I really appreciate you taking the time. Great. Thanks for having me, AJ. I'm happy to talk about the report more. So overall, I feel like taxes and funding in New Hampshire has been like the biggest topic that isn't the culture war in the state, which has been fascinating as someone who's been diving into the news realm over the last few years. And uh, honestly, I was a little confused by the report because when you look at the just the, how well the state's doing, I kind of assume the proof is in the pudding. We've had conservatives um, running the House and libertarians running the House over at, in Concord for a while. A couple weeks ago, the Josiah Bartlett Center had a had a, a blog post saying revenues end uh, year half billion over budgets unemployment hits record low like we all these things but what's the cause is always a fascinating thing and how exactly you look at the numbers is always so important so so with your report I will link it in the episode description it was titled state business tax rate reductions led to between 496 million dollars and 729 million dollars less for public services. So to start off with, it, the, the report is long. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make any bones about it. It's very in-depth. If you're, if you're into data and really diving into it, 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 please do check out that blog post. But for those of us that don't understand all that stuff, it, give, give me the elevator pitch. What was looked at? Yeah, so and you outlined the reason that we really wanted to take a look at this in you know, already in your detail and in intro in your intro because between state fiscal year 2015 and state fiscal year 2022 combined business tax revenues that's from the business profits and the business enterprise tax were the, the two separate primary tax revenue uh, state uh, business tax revenue sources the state has um, they on a combined basis went up about 118% over the time period at the same time tax rates for the business profits and the business enterprise tax were being reduced. So you know, that did lead to some discussion around, is there a stimulative effect of these tax rate reductions and economic stimulus that is leading to enough economic stimulus that not only are we making up for the reductions in the tax rate, but also spurring more economic activity to generate this additional revenue uh, beyond what it was in the prior year. Um, and I, I do wanna be specific around the term surplus because when we talk about a surplus, that is relative to what the state budget projected. That's not necessarily, so that's relative to a set of projections uh, made by policymakers when they're putting together the state budget. Uh, I'm going to try to focus on revenue changes year over year here because there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can interpret how much revenue is is a, is a um, an amount of revenue that the state is expecting or seeking or what the revenue change has been. So, we wanted to explore this question of what are the causes of these tax revenue increases, uh, especially in in the business taxes. 
And why that's important is that the business tax increases have enabled a lot of policy change over the last four budget cycles. Uh, you know, everything from further investments in roads and bridges at the municipal and the state level to the education funding formula changes and full day kindergarten uh, to um, the building of the forensic psychiatric hospital that the state's putting together uh, and other investments in mental health services. Um, to enabling a one-time reduction in the statewide education property tax and a permanent reduction in the state's interest and dividends tax. These are all things that have been enabled by our business tax revenue surpluses, I'll say surpluses relative to budget, um, and the growth in business tax revenues more generally. So what are the causes? And if the cause is the tax rate reductions, then we'd want to know that because that's something that state policymakers have you know, some control over, right? If the tax rate reductions are spurring this growth, then we could do, we could use that strategically to enable more revenue growth in the state. And if it's not because of those tax rate reductions, then what are the causes and can we expect this revenue to persist, right? That's a key question when we're thinking about funding future budgets. So we really wanted to explore that. And we determined in our research that it's, it's not the rate reductions that are causing these revenue increases. And there are six pieces of evidence for that. Um, first is that if you parse out business profits and business enterprise tax revenues and look at the final parsing done by the state's Department of Revenue Administration, there are uh, the business enterprise tax revenues have dropped as uh, as the rates have been reduced. So the business enterprise tax revenues in 2015 were higher than they were in 2019 and 2020. Again, after those rate reductions had taken effect and growth stagnated. So business enterprise tax appears to be behaving in a way that you might expect when a tax rate's reduced revenues go down. Um, the business profits tax, however, then is shouldering most of the growth that has happened over that time period. So what's happening with the business profits tax? Well, is that if the rate reductions were spurring enough economic growth to generate economic activity for businesses moving in, for businesses investing in themselves in New Hampshire, if they were generating enough economic activity to lead to a more than doubling of business tax revenues combined, we'd see that in other indicators, right? We'd see that in job growth, we'd see that in gross state product. And if you look at the history of the business profits tax and compare it's the tax rate to job growth, there's not a correlation, right? Over from 1970 to 2022. If you look at uh, gross state product growth, you know, our own version of GDP here in New Hampshire, and look at it over the same time period uh, relative to what growth has been in the rest of New England, then there's not a correlation between the business profit tax rate and gross state product growth. So that suggests there's not a strong economic relationship anyway. Um, we also have seen corporate tax revenues rise in other states by similar amounts. So if we look nationwide um, from 2015 to 2021, those two fiscal years, and 2021 is the most recent year that we have Census Bureau data for that surveys all the states, uh, we see that nationally corporate uh, state corporate tax revenues have gone up about the same nationwide as they have in New Hampshire. And if you look at the other New England states combined over that time period, they've gone up a little bit faster in the other New England states combined than they have in New Hampshire. Obviously, it varies from state to state for a variety of reasons, but New Hampshire is not unique, right? There are other states that have seen this rise in corporate tax revenues at the same time. So that suggests that the policies that we're implementing are not leading to something that's special or unique happening here. Uh, the um, another factor is that U.S. corporate profits have risen and particularly dramatically 
since the uh, sort of worst periods of the pandemic, right? So since the middle of 2020 to now, U.S. corporate profits have gone up quite a bit. You might be saying, well, Phil, that's U.S. corporate profits, not New Hampshire. Like, why does that matter? Uh, the business profits tax collects more than half of its revenue, again, from the most recent years that we have these breakdowns, which are 2019 and 2020. More than half of the revenue was collected by um, entities that had at least some component of their business primarily internationally, primarily overseas. So that suggests that these are large, multi-state, multinational entities. And U.S. corporate profits on a whole might be a pretty good metric for how they are performing and what we might expect to be uh, part of the business profits tax base in the state. We also don't see a large number, a large growth in the number of filers, right? So the number of businesses that are actually filing taxes in New Hampshire, you would expect that if a lot of businesses were moving in or being created here because of the reduction in tax rates, that those that number would go up, right? And go up in a way that corresponds with the uh, growth in business tax revenues. The number does go up, but it doesn't go up nearly as fast as the revenues do, which suggests that at least we aren't seeing businesses of similar magnitude being generated or moving into the state. Um, and the tax rate reductions that we've seen for most businesses, particularly you know, when we're talking about the business profits tax rate reductions, we're not talking about a very large amount of money for most businesses that file. Um, it's not, uh, other than the largest businesses, it's probably not enough to you know, hire another person, for example. Uh, and then the last piece of evidence is that if we look at research from other states, and there have been other researchers that have done this to a great deal of depth and looked at you know, uh, all 50 states over long time periods, the evidence is pretty mixed as to what the economic effects of a corporate tax rate reduction would be um, and what they have been in other states. Some studies find some effects, some studies find no effect whatsoever and, and no discernible effect from underlying economic activity. And they didn't suggest that revenues would not only make up, that an increase in economic activity would lead to revenues making up for lost uh, revenue from a rate reduction, but also surpassing it and doubling the revenues, right, because of a tax rate reduction. So with those six pieces of evidence, we then sought to estimate what the revenue losses would be uh, using a range that is a pretty generous range based on the research from no effect of a tax rate reduction on economic growth, so there's absolutely no effect, to 32% of the revenue being recouped because of economic growth. And that's you know double to other states had 16%. Um, uh, there was a range of five to 18% in Arizona. Um, one researcher estimated about a quarter of revenues would be recouped from a corporate tax rate reduction. So we, we put 32%, we're a small state, there may be more cross-border activity, but that zero to 32% is why you have that range of 496 million lost if the revenue, if the tax rates had been the same as they were in 2015, all the way to um, uh, to uh, um, the uh, the tax rate reduction, the the tax rates changing to uh, changing all the way through tax year 2022, all the way up to the 729 million dollars. Okay, so like the most important thing when you're talking about utilize, like running reports and things like that is the quality of the data and where you're getting the data, things like that. Uh, and this question is actually from NH Journal, uh, nhjournal.com. Michael Graham, who is over there, I reached out to him because he wrote a pretty critical uh, article on the report. So I was interested to reach out. It's like, okay, what, what exactly would you like me to ask him? He had a lot of questions, but he, I told him to give me one, so he gave me this. Um, is this actual data or just an estimate or model? You don't, and don't buy 
biases impact these estimates. For example, NHFPI often repeats the biggest projections from the legislature, but these have wildly underestimated business tax revenue. Now they want to influence policy on what-if projection based on assumptions and guesses. Yeah, so there's two pieces there. One is what the legislature reports and one is what these numbers are. Um, so when the legislature is putting together the state budget, uh, the numbers that we use when we are talking about uh, the state budget and what the effects of different tax changes are, are the numbers that are in the surplus statements and that are produced by the legislative Office of Legislative Budget Assistant and by the Department of Revenue Administration in conjunction. So those are the numbers that are actually used when policymakers are putting together their budgets to reduce the amount of services or other tax changes that they pay for. Um, so those are those are numbers that are used in the budget process. Um, they aren't produced by us, and they aren't you know part of a range of estimates. Those are the numbers that are used when build when the legislature is building the budget. They reduce the budget by those amounts, right? Which is why those amounts are relevant. Um, they're ba those amounts are based on static estimates, right? So they don't have this you know feedback that we put in, for example, the 32% feedback. Those aren't in the legislature's estimates. Um, the, the legislature has static estimates that are just based on prior year tax revenues and what the different rate changes may be. So we didn't project forward for the fifth fiscal year, or for, pardon me, for the tax year 2015 to 2020 numbers. Um, tax year 2015, the business profits and enterprise tax rates were at certain levels. And as I noted, you have to dig into the Department of Revenue Administration's annual reports to actually see what the tax year level data are. Um, the fiscal year data come in quickly because the state is collecting those uh, revenues in real time, but the tax year data are what actually gets recorded after all the tax returns are filed. And that can take a significant amount of time, especially because a business will uh, be paying estimates over the course of a calendar year. Most, most businesses are calendar year tax years. And then they'll file their returns in April, but if they file for an extension, then they're not you know, getting the paperwork in until necessarily October or even November. And that means the Department of Revenue Administration needs to take time to process those data and then split them out among tax years. So that's a long way to say that a lot of the revenue numbers that we see faster are not reflecting the tax year and thus the tax rate, but they're reflecting the fiscal year, right? Or the month that the revenue is coming in. So that's a complicating factor that you have to adjust for. So between uh, tax years uh, 2015 and 2020, we saw rate reductions. And as we point out in the report, you can use those tax year data to then basically calculate what the tax base was, right? And the tax base changes over time depending on statute. But in our analysis, we said all those tax base changes happen. We're just looking at the tax rate. And you can work backwards from what the revenue actually collected in 2016, 2017, 2018 was and determine what the tax base is and then apply a different tax rate. And that's a simple way of doing it. That gets you to that 0% economic feedback. The 32% economic feedback um, is what we put in in the model, again, based on what we saw um, in economic modeling from other states and the, being a little bit more generous, recognizing we're a small state. So those numbers are as sort of real as the, as the tax uh, year data that we have are, right? And that goes from 2016 through 2020. And that allows us to then calculate with, you know, the 2020 data in particular is still draft and they may move around, but that, uh, but they'll only get larger, right? The number will only get larger and thus the tax rate reduction 
impacts would only get larger. Um, and uh, and that means that the those tax year 2016 through 2020 numbers, as we outline in the report, those are uh, only a portion of that 729 to 496, but they're a significant portion. And those are based on data that are already sort of in the books, even if they're just in draft form, published by the state. Uh, for tax years 2021 and 2022, I had to do a little bit more imputation because we don't have those published data yet. And tax year 2022 for a lot of businesses just ended at the end of December. Now the tax rate is baked in. So what we had to do is look at the Department of Revenue Administration's previously published breakdowns of how do you translate a fiscal year into a tax year, right? How do you go from a fiscal year and walk back to a tax year? Because this is the same process that they use when they are estimating the fiscal impact of tax rate changes. And going from that fiscal year to tax year, we used those estimates, the, we used an average of two prior breakdowns provided by the Department of Revenue Administration and applied them to the revenue projections put forth by the legislature, or I should say, we applied them to the cash basis fiscal 23 numbers because we had those, not the final audited numbers, but the cash basis numbers, which are usually pretty close. And then we took the fiscal year 24 and 25 projections developed by the Senate Ways and Means Committee and used by the legislature in the budget to work backwards and say, what would, if the revenues come in as were projected as part of the state budget, what would the losses be in tax years 2021 and 2022? So that's a mix of real data that we have and also some projections going forward, the best projections that we have available and the ones that the state budget was built on. So those, that's where that total aggregate figure comes from. And again, as we point out in the report, if you don't wanna rely on those revenue projections from the Senate Ways and Means Committee, then the, the number that is just for tax years 2015 to 2020, or 2016 technically to 2020, those are in there separately and published separately. And you can look at each bar uh, in the graph in the graph in the report as well and do your own math if you want to pick out only certain years. But they are the best data that we have available. Um, the modeling, the really the only place where there's modeling is splitting between the business profits and the business enterprise tax. Um, because we had to correlate the business enterprise tax with the tax base, which is the best, you know, the best data that we have for the tax base is the um, is the amount of wages paid in the state. Uh, those and that's reported by um, New Hampshire Employment Security. Uh, that amount of wages actually correlates quite nicely with the business enterprise tax until the tax rate reductions started, and then those tax rate reductions bre break that correlation. Right, the wages continue to go up, and the business enterprise tax revenues go down. But we can use that to project forward, um, because we have those data through 2022, what the business enterprise tax would have been. And that allows us to then split between what would business enterprise tax revenue and what would business profits tax revenue have been. So that requires a little bit of modeling. Um, the modeling for fiscal years, or pardon me, for tax years 21 and 22 requires a lot relying on some of the future modeling. Um, but we have the breakdowns for 2015 through 2020 uh, published by the state. And that is there, the only modeling is, is there an economic feedback, which we pegged again at the upper range being 32%. And the state doesn't do that uh, feedback at all when they are putting together their estimates for what the tax change impacts would be in the state budget. So as someone who, who watches the media and tries to analyze what's going on with with the kind of anecdotal trends you hear between different news outlets and such it seems like a lot of the problem came down to 
Um, the fact the state's doing great financially with the current setup and the opinions of many, and not talking about some progressive individuals that may want us to be making, collecting a lot more money for various programs that they may want, but the everyone, for the most part, everyone on the right and the center left seems to be pretty happy, generally speaking, with the amount of money the state's pulling in. So it seems like there was a lot of, by conservative pundits and analysts, um, Confusion, I guess. Maybe confusion is the best way to phrase it. Where you, where there is, you're saying that hey, the way it came across to many that the New Hampshire Fiscal Policy Institute's report was saying that the state's shortchanging itself by not by having higher rates on this. Does the the institute have an opinion one way or another ultimately with regards to where the rates should be, or is this just say, hey, this is what our model showed? There's no magical tax rate that I have for you that would be an optimal tax rate for either the business profits or the business enterprise tax. Indeed, that tax rate would probably change based on economic conditions, based on the needs in the state. Um, are we in a recession or not? Uh, are we trying to fill a funding hole associated with you know, Medicaid enrollment? Um, are we trying to, uh, are there legal obligations the state has um, related to you know, uh, a certain set of services, right? Those are all policy trade-offs that policymakers have to make. Um, and you know, we didn't set out to seek to model what is the ultimate tax rate or the, 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 the best tax rate for the business profits of the business enterprise tax for the state, um, because it depends on what the goals of the state are and what the service needs are and what economic conditions are. Um, also depends on what's happening in the states around us, right? You know, that's not to, it's not to say that there could never be any sort of cross-border effect, right? We didn't find evidence that no business has ever moved across the border because of a tax rate difference, but we didn't find sufficient evidence to say that it's a big impact on revenues and is, again, attracting businesses in a way that offsets the revenue loss associated with a tax rate reduction. So there's no optimal rate to answer your question, AJ, at least not that I know. It would be an interesting thing to, to try and calculate, but I would consider it a moving target because it depends on economic conditions and what, what other factors you know, businesses and state policymakers have to consider when they are accounting for the trade-offs that are inherently associated with public policy. Are you telling me you're not, you're not telling uh, the people over in the gold dome over there to say this is what your tax rate should be? <laughs> There's a lot of people are saying it. So they're saying the rate should be this. Like, no, no, that's not what the report said. Like, it, it, this is just a model that's showing that, in theory, it's not. It's not because of these factors necessarily. I'm. I'm not a lobbyist. I don't go over to the state house with an orange badge and you know weigh in on uh, pieces of legislation for or against. We do provide information to the legislature, right? And we want to provide information to journalists, the public, community leaders, and and everyone who's interested in reading it um, or learning about it. But the uh, you know the if the tax rates had stayed the same, and if your goal is uh, stimulating the New Hampshire economy. Research suggests there are probably more effective ways to do that than the tax rate reductions. You know, that was that's a component of our report. And I'd encourage people who are interested in that to read more of, of the report uh, because, you know, there's economic modeling that suggests corporate tax rate reductions are not particularly economically stimulative. We didn't find sufficient evidence to say that they were economically stimulative in a definitive manner. Um, and uh, and there are other you know programs and services or other targeted tax rate reductions or other targeted tax reductions um, that uh, that 
appear to be more stimulative, again, based on what we see in the economic literature sort of writ large. Um, again, we didn't dive into that. We didn't suggest this sort of an optimal course in terms of setting a certain tax rate and investing a certain amount in services and providing targeted tax rate decreases in other areas. Um, but we want to inform the policy conversation, and we think that's an important part of it. And why were the, the, the business taxes selected as the thing you focused on with this report? Uh, because it's a a quite impactful fiscal policy choice that the state has made. Uh, and it was also, a, you know, there was also a lack of understanding as to why the business tax revenues themselves have been going up, even as the rates have been going down, right? So we, again, going back to the beginning, we really wanted to understand that, to understand what that tells us about the state's fiscal policy future. Um, the business enterprise tax, depending on what year you look at, is the state's you know, third or fourth largest tax revenue source. Um, the business profits tax is the state's largest tax revenue source by far. Um, it is, you know, now by a factor of two or more than two, the state's largest tax revenue source. And it's, you know, corporate taxes at the state level in particular, um, and at the national level, I should say, not at the exclusion of that, corporate taxes are sometimes a quite historically volatile source of tax revenue. So the more the state is dependent on it, the more we should seek to learn and understand what the causal factors are. Because as a potentially volatile tax revenue source, you know, that's that's something we want to understand what the causal factors are and how volatile it is so that um, so that we can go into each budget cycle with a, a better uh, a better knowledge of how we should plan um, around how the state collects revenue and funds services. In closing, is there anything else I'm missing here that you feel like we uh, should touch on? Uh, I would encourage folks to read the report and read the whole report. Um, it is it is lengthy. It is dense. Um, this is not a not an easy topic uh, because uh, you know it's, we're talking about business taxes and we're talking about um, what you know what's what is somewhat mysterious in that revenues have gone up while tax rates have gone down. So there are a lot of different factors that have led to those. Uh, revenue increases, including the corporate profits, um, including the Federal Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, encouraging businesses to repatriate profits from overseas, and some of that being captured in the state's uh, business profits tax. Um, so there are a lot of different factors at play. Uh, this is not this is not simple, and none of this is simple. If it had been simple, it would have been a much shorter report. Um, but I'd encourage folks to take a look at it because I think the data are quite interesting. The information is interesting, um, and I think it's important for state fiscal policy and how we understand how to fund services going forward. Phil Slutton, research director over the New Hampshire Fiscal Policy Institute. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, AJ. I appreciate it. So I will link in the episode description their report. Please do check that out. Um, it is lengthy, but if you really, once as Phil said, if you want to really dive into the numbers, they're there. If you have a f specific number to dispute on it, please do reach out to the New England Take at gmail.com or hit me up because hey, we want to have a, a conversation on this, and this is an important thing that many on the right have focused on as the reason why how we should handle fiscal policy going forward. So it's an important thing we should continue to have a debate on and, and look at what the numbers honestly give us. So this is the New England Take, the newenglandtake.com. Like and subscribe. Check us out on all your major podcast platforms, social media, and YouTube. Talk to you soon.